Hi, this is One More Dig, Metal Detecting Stories, and I'm Dave Spannenberg. I'm a day late this week. I had a busy weekend. I usually record these on, well, sometimes Saturdays or Sundays. It's Tuesday, March 16th, so I'm a couple days late here. This week, I'm going to follow up the 1998 birthday hunt with the 1998 birthday hunt part two, which was held about three months later, June 6, 1998. But before then, I'd like to pose a question to all you detectorists out there. Um, I have this problem where every time I go out in a specific location, I get poison ivy. And I don't mean just a little poison ivy. I mean a lot of poison ivy. And I don't mean for just a short period of time. I mean, last summer I was exposed on and off all summer and had some form of it, poison ivy blisters for two to three months. It didn't matter what what I did, I washed the machine, I washed the armrest, I washed the clothes every time I went, I washed the armrest in my car, I washed everything that I could think that would have touched either the oils on me or on the ground, and I just couldn't get rid of it till basically the season ended. And now I have it again. I went out the other day. Um, I live up in the Northeast and it's been really cold for the last couple weeks, but there were a couple days in the middle that were in the 30s with a lot of sun. And I went out to my favorite field and was just going to test out if I could dig or not. And the answer was I could dig three to four inches, which isn't bad actually this time of year. Below that was ice, and then that was probably ice for three inches, I would guess. Um, but in going out there, I walk around, and there's about, I don't know, there's got to be, I say miles, maybe it's a, an exaggeration, but miles of stone walls, and they all have um, vegetation around them and I'm I'm positive it's poison ivy and um but I didn't know that you could get it in the winter um I don't know why I assumed it went dormant but I'm sitting here right now with my left arm it has poison ivy from the wrist about four inches up and I can't wear a watch because the watch is uncomfortable and would probably continue with spreading so I just can't avoid poison ivy I wish uh, I wish I had um, I wish I had a way to know how I'm how I'm getting it it's got to be uh, getting maybe it's getting on my gloves up around my wrist that, that could be um, maybe I'll look into that but I'd be interesting to hear what you all have experience with poison ivy or poison oak or fire ants or mosquitoes or black flies or what kind of uh, wildlife flora or fauna 
that you would deal with at your metal detecting spots. Um, we're all troopers and we both threw it, but it's interesting how, uh, how nature sometimes tries to slow you down a little bit. But anyway, at the end, I'll leave my email address in case anyone wants to contact me um, to talk about, or just to, not to talk about, but to, to bring up these types of things that they, that they contend with. I'm sure in every climate, there are some sort of pests. Um, so anyway, um, the next thing I'd like to bring up, this will be short, but I'd like to just bring up that, uh, I'm planning to get scuba certified this spring and my daughter's 17 and she'll be going on to to college in the fall and so we thought maybe this would be something we could do um that would be fun together and she doesn't metal detect her reasoning is different from mine but it might be a way for me to to get involved in other types of of treasure hunting but it would be a fun time spent with her and uh i just wish i i wish i'd done it earlier in my life because it, it's just it just looks like so much fun i know it's dangerous it can be dangerous and and quite expensive for the um to own the equipment but it it's just going to be something that uh that she and i'll do together and i think it'll be a lot of fun um, down the road, one of my, one of the things I've always wanted to do is go down to Key West and dive on the Atosha. Um, and you can actually, if you're certified, you can, you can do that. It costs money to go out for the day. Um, but it is something that that's offered and I've always been fascinated with the Atosha. So I think that would be, uh, think that would be a lot of fun. So now for the main event, the 1998 Longhouse Treasure Hunters birthday hunt number two. A birthday hunt to honor myself and Clark who were have birthdays um, in May and this event took place in June. Um, the participants are the same as last week, Clark, Earl, Lumpy, and myself. And I'm going to read this and I'll slide in a little info here and there but uh it's i think it would be really hard to ad lib it too much so i'm gonna basically read it a little bit of a late start but still on the road before 7 30 with the first stop at stewart's for coffee after that we are off to a small town in new york but we will make a few stops before we get there it is important to know that dave me will not be able to hunt because he just had bone from his hip grafted into his wrist. However, this does not stop him from having a good time on the trip. First stop is Carlisle, where there is an old schoolhouse on one corner and an old church on the other. The schoolhouse is now an antique store, but nobody is there yet, and we decide to wait and ask permission some other time. The church doesn't have much area to hunt so we had a very short distance up the road to the site of an old seminary. Earl and Clark walked through the woods but could not find evidence of the site. 
Burl sees holes dug in the ground and thinks someone has been there, detecting. Next step was Summit. Earl and Mark approached the father at St. Anne's Church and gained permission to hunt. Earl finds a large scent and then wanders onto the neighbor's property and gets asked to leave. Nothing else found but clad. Lumpy asks permission to hunt an old house right next door to the church and gains permission. We are puzzled that no good signals are located. We head out of Summit with Earl happy to be leading the oldest coin category. We speed to Jefferson so we can use the facilities at the corner convenience store, then head to the park. No good finds here, so we check out the other end of town. The school may have potential, and the Grange also, but they don't look very old, so we decide to move on and check them out at some other time. We go through West Jefferson, North Harpersfield, and Sturgis Corners, but don't see any potential hunting sites. We continue on Route 23 to Hoseville and Butts Corner. Next stop is Davenport, where we stop at a convenience store again, and Dave, me, gets a pickle in a bag. We head down the street and see a nice schoolyard. Earl hates schoolyards. Lumpy and Clark make the decision to hunt this place since we haven't seen much anything else. This turns out okay for Clark, as his first dig is a clad dime and the next is a rosy dime, 1946, which wins the first silver of the day. Larry gets some wheat scents and some nickels, and Earl just hates the whole thing. We moved on to Davenport Center, where we find a great old church, but everyone is afraid to get out and hunt the yard. No place to ask permission, so we drive on. This is a theme we generally just drive on. This place should be noted for a future hunt. We go east through East Meredith and see some guys working at an old church where we ask and gain permission to hunt. Unfortunately, we don't get any good signals. This place just had an addition put on and it looks like a lot of dirt was brought in. We are too late to get anything good out of this place. On our way again through West Courtright, Nice old church here, but something was going there. Doonan Corners, Courtright Center, and North Courtright stopped at Harper's Field Convenience Store. Earl looking for pickles, but they have none. Buys licorice instead. Stop at an old church, but we don't hunt it. On the road again, with the next stop being Stamford. This is a great old town with many old vacation homes. We drive around many streets, but don't hunt any of these sites. Earl finally gets his pickle, and Lumpy gets very nervous with all the traffic and state police. We continue on to Hobart. Lumpy takes control and stops at a park near the water. This ends up being a new park with only clad. Lumpy heads to the woods and then returns with the need to hit the nearest convenience store. This turns out to be good luck for us as Earl gets directions to an older park in town. We find the park, which is right next to the old school and an old church. We spend the next two to three hours hunting this park. We find five silver, which consists of three barber dimes, one merc dime, and one rosy dime, and numerous wheat scents, one Indian head scent, and a bunch of clad. This is a nice place to remember for a short stop on a future hunt. We didn't even try the school or churchyards. We decide to head towards home. We go through Stamford back to Jefferson, then over to Route 30. 
This is north to Middleburg, where we drive around town for a quick look. As usual, we make our last stop at a park in Schoharie. Nothing found there, so we go home. The scorecard for this trip shows Clark with a huge advantage in almost every category. Earl gets oldest coin, and Lumpy gets most coins. Clark had a great time, but others could probably hope for better. Dave, me, needs to get healed so he can do at least some hunting. Lumpy needs to not eat fried clams the night before, and also to bring the items that he signs up for. And Earl needs to be happy finding at least some silver and hunt the places that he wants to, even if others are afraid. So that's the end of that. Um, that's a verbatim, I guess, <laughs> write-up of how that trip went. I can't believe I have these from 22 years ago. but And I'm not so sure um, how relevant they are these days, but I like to share them. Um, it's pretty pretty good memories for me. And then at the end, we have things to remember for the next trip. Toilet paper, wet ones, pickle in a bag, which are those pickles you can get at convenience stores that are awesome. Um, we did bring a camera on this trip, which we forgot one last trip, but we didn't use it. Um, so to actually use the camera, take notes as we go so we can remember all the good places we are... <laughs> We are too afraid to hunt, and don't end up the trip by going through Skahari. And all these little towns I mentioned, this is all in all over upstate New York. Um, but yeah, so be interesting to see if anyone uh, is interested in that. I certainly was excited to share it with you. And uh, if you have any comments or questions on any of it, my email address is omdstories at gmail.com. And I'd love any feedback. Um, if you do listen to this podcast, would you please leave you know, feedback on the uh, podcast provider, whether it be Apple Podcast or whatever, and, and give me a rating. And uh, I just be interested what people think and I'd be interested to to maybe do things that I haven't thought of yet or answer questions at some point I'd like to you know do some kind of have a guest or something like that um I could probably even do that with zoom I think um because I think you can upload a zoom meeting into apple podcast so that'd be interesting. So yeah, please let me know what you're thinking. And if you have any questions or any ideas for future podcasts, that would be much appreciated. This is One More Dig, Metal Detecting Stories. And I'm Dave Spannenberg. <laughs>